Hey guys, welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We're two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Tia Johnston, and I'm joined by my co-host, Meredith Hine. Thanks for tuning in today. In last week's episode, we previewed the national championship, and Tia and I discussed how we thought Alabama could be beatable. Those were much happier times. Yeah, I should have just shut my mouth, but instead I was like, Mac Jones is overrated, and Alabama's defense is this, this, and that, which, like, okay, Alabama's defense wasn't special. On the other hand, Devontae Smith, he is special. Oh my god. So special. I knew he was good, but Meredith, I was not expecting that. I mean, and again, this is the challenge that we have when we didn't have a full non-conference, or when you don't have a full non-conference season, is you can't rack and stack. Like, in theory, Mac Jones might have been overrated. In, like, uh, although, no, I'm lying. There's no way that Devontae Smith is, like, overrated. He really is just that dominant yeah. against anyone he plays. And we saw that, certainly, against Sean Wade. Right, and, I like, I, I do stand by. If you have Devontae Smith as a wide receiver, you're going to be a good quarterback. Like, not saying he's not talented. Like, he's a very talented quarterback. But, like, he makes – Devontae Smith makes his life easier. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, you can say the same thing for Ohio State, like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, I mean, all of Ohio State's receivers combined kind of equal like a Devontae Smith situation where Justin Fields' job is pretty easy, but when he's injured, like, then you kind of have to rely a little bit on Trey Sermon in your run game. Well, <laughs> one this game, was... into, one freaking play into the game. The reality is, and... We'll get to this in a little bit, I'm sure. Like, we should be happy we were there. It's, you know, we're still one of the two best teams in the country, clearly. But, like, in terms of things that we can actually be sad about, the fact that Trey Sermon did not have a chance in this game and only got to play one play and then was knocked out and clearly in so much pain, like, that's something that we can all feel pretty sad about. I can't even imagine, like how he was feeling and I'm sure he felt like he was letting his team down even though there's nothing he could have done but I mean the guy was in his prime like he was going up and up and up and I just knew that he was going to have like this huge game I just knew it because I've read all these things that Alabama's defense isn't that great against the run game and I'm like oh my god Trey Sermon is going to have a hell of a game and then gets hurt but like I feel gypped of not getting to see him more than we did. Oh, same. And, you know, we're going to see all of these things shake out in the next few weeks. The NCAA has very much been flexible with its eligibility rules in 2021. But, like, yeah, it you have to wonder. And, of course, you know, we'll never know for sure, like, if the game would have been different if Sermon was in. And I think we could say definitively that it would have been a closer score. Ohio State would surely have scored more points. Yeah, if they had more of this balanced offensive attack. You know, obviously, like, Fields is going to have a little bit of a struggle if Alabama can sell out for the pass because they don't have to worry so much about the run. So, obviously, a bummer. But, 
you know, I, I think the struggles for Ohio State were certainly not on the offensive side this year and one area of opportunity heading into the 2021 season, because, you know, we're there now, um, would certainly be the defense and in particular our defensive secondary. Like you said, if Trey Sermon were in, it would have remained a shootout, but Alabama would have just answered every score with another one. And the only way to stop that is stopping Devontae Smith, which we just like literally decided not to do. I mean, and so Matt brought up a good point, which is because I was like, did Sean Wade just start jogging after him? Like, did he just give up there? There were a few plays where I swear he could have ran faster. And Matt said like one time Devontae Smith like took a different route and so the rest of the time Sean Wade was just confused as to what the guy was going to do and he was just out coached. Why is a linebacker, why is our slowest linebacker Tough Borland on Devontae Smith? It, it all came down to the coaching and I don't even want to badmouth the players because if you don't have good play calling or good preparation like you're just set up for disaster especially against an Alabama offense so I don't want to get too much into Sean Wade because we are going to talk about the future of Sean Wade Justin Fields Chris Olave after the break so stay with us Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So I can't believe that we're already talking about the 2021 draft because I feel like we were just talking about this two weeks ago about like Chase Young and Jeff Okuda going number two, number three. Nevertheless, it's time to dive into mock drafts yet again. So I guess we'll start with the bad news, which is Sean Wade kind of shot himself in the foot coming back an extra year after Monday's game. I think he's going to need to have a hell of a combine performance or senior day to bump up his draft stock. Well, it's what you were alluding to with the coaching situation. So, like, certainly there are deficiencies in Sean Wade's play because at the collegiate level, if you are that talented of a player, you're going to be able to make those on-field adjustments to succeed, right? Right. But I do have to wonder, and we've talked about this in regards to coaching and the coaching carousel. Will scouts give players maybe more of the benefit of the doubt if, like, they have played such a weird season? Yeah, and that's the true. data. Like, the data is not fully there. Like, Sean Wade has fewer games and less film than other players, but like, there are so many other options in the NFL. Like, hundreds of school, like, what is that? Hundred and thirty-some schools in the FBS. Yeah, like they have plenty of other options. You know, Sean Wade doesn't play enough games. Yeah, but again, like the guy is our, one of our best defensive players. The, the coaching staff just did not set him up for success, which hurts him with the draft. So Chris Olave, on the other hand, I don't think he is even considering coming back. All the experts are saying his draft stock rose tremendously just because of his game against Clemson and even his game against Alabama. Yeah, and it's been, it's been really exciting to watch Chris Olave in the last few years, and I remember him. Do you remember when he was a freshman against Michigan? 
Yes. Oh my gosh, why did and that feel forever ago? <laughs> because it was forever ago. Yeah. The world was a different place back then. <laughs> but, you know, it's been really interesting, especially since Ryan Day has joined the Ohio State staff to see how much the receiving core has improved and how we've been able to put out NFL caliber receivers again. I feel like, yeah. am I crazy? I feel like there was a drought for a while. Oh, you know, like Antonio Holmes and Ted Ginn and and then who? Yeah, and then it was just relying on your running back. I mean, I almost feel like even in 2014, it was all Zeke, Zeke, Zeke. Like, Michael Thomas was a great receiver, but he really broke out in the NFL. Yeah, and And I I mean, you look at Devin Smith, who was, you know, one of the leading receivers on the national championship team, and he's sort of a flop when it comes to the NFL. Chris Olave, though, he is like, like, he's not a Devontae Smith where he catches the ball and then he's gone and in the end zone. Like, he's just so productive. Like, he will catch anything Justin Fields throws at him, and he might not score the most. He's just so dependable, and I would even compare him to Michael Thomas in the league. Like, he's not leading his team in touchdowns, but he has a billion receiving yards. So I think his future is very bright, and any NFL team is going to be lucky to get him. The really shocking one that Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay just said, Justin Fields would benefit from returning to college for another year and I kind of agree and disagree in that I just really want to see Justin Fields play at Ohio State one more year selfishly but like he needs to just go get paid I mean I have a thought on the matter and the reality is that this like like this year's quarterback class is so deep and it's not like Justin Fields should not see any downside because of like someone else's activity or misfortune or it's not misfortune but like Dwayne Haskins like is fully a flop right and he operated under the same system he put up big numbers at Ohio State just like Fields did and he like went to Washington and you know certainly it's there's issues at Washington he didn't have a ton of uh players around him except for Terry McLaurin who's killing it but at this and it was very much like attitudinal as opposed to play and like we can't attribute that to Justin Fields but like I do wonder if NFL scouts will like kind of put that same well he played in a successful system at Ohio State but we saw what happened with Haskins and therefore we need more information I don't know if that's how scouts feel but like I do wonder if just given a deep draft class, if they have that doubt, if that's going to lower his stock a little bit. Again, by no fault of his own. Oh, right. But the Haskins news is still very fresh. So maybe next year people will have forgotten about it. Maybe Haskins is even on another team. Justin Fields, I think, is the one that everybody is going to be watching the closest out of Ohio State because I've heard rumors that he's considering staying. But like you said, we will be finding out a lot in these next coming weeks as the deadline approaches for these players. Meredith, I know that you have to go soon for your day job. So do you just want to roll into the end of the show shout outs? Sure do. So last week I shouted out the Cleveland Browns for making the playoffs oh for my the first time in 18 years. <laughs> and now I'm going to shout out the Cleveland Browns for winning a playoff game for the first time since 1994. Taking all of the Ohio mojo, but it's fine. If there's any sad Ohio State fans out there who want to jump on the Cleveland bandwagon, we need fans. Um, That's me. <laughs> thank you, Tia. Uh, we will count you among the dog town this weekend. Um, 
but so so exciting i like i told everyone oh no i was like i don't know what to do right now the last time this happened i was four like i was an actual i think i was three i was like an actual child and so it's just incredible and you know even after ohio state lost i was like eh, i'm still floating on air a little bit from sunday <laughs> we have to play the chiefs and we'll see how that goes um but yeah. it just feels nice to be to be included <laughs> anyway tia how about you um okay well mine is like very sad and i'm sorry to end this on a sad note but cam my husband's grandpa just passed away and it was like kind of a long time coming like he was very much suffering from cancer and so the family is more or less just relieved that he's out of pain but i think just like the sweetest most cutest thing so they live in australia but he was like the world's biggest eagles fan because of cam and his funeral was yesterday and apparently he asked to be buried in his eagles jersey with like cam's number and i just wanted to like bawl my eyes out when i heard that it's just so cute but um yeah just wanted to say actually a shout out to cam's family especially his mom whose dad it was and she like did all the readings at his funeral and like did not shed a tear and was just super super strong so shout out to them shout out to her again sorry i'm ending the show on a super sad note i'm so sorry no it's okay i'm just over here crying now <laughs> thank you all right well anyway that is all we have for today as a reminder you can follow me on twitter at tia johnston underscore meredith at meredith hine and the site at landgrant 33 we'll talk to you soon thanks again for listening to play like a girl and as always go bucks